You are listening to Randall Parker's Film Club with me, Randall Parker. As always, we'll be reviewing two films, one requested by a listener and another one off a non-specific list of greatest films of all time. Any similarity to the list of greatest films on the website www.thisisadarkcorridor.com is purely coincidental. Alongside that, I'll read a few of your emails, have a film face-off and a few other juicy bits and bobs for you. But before we get bogged down in that bag of knackers, I'll let you know what happened when we all went off down the health and safety executive for the inquest into the now-confirmed suicide of Robot Robert last year. Yeah, the case didn't last long. We all went down court and we were quite looking forward to it. I'd taken a bag of lemon bonbons and I not had a chance to open them when the judge... Well, I think he was a judge. He hadn't got one of them wigs on like they do on the telly. Well, he said that there was insufficient evidence to support the claims that the health and safety practices at White and Bailey Fabrication uh, were to blame for the demise of Robot Robert. And it's highly likely that he'd gone to work that day with a clear intention to end his life during that working day. The judge bloke, though, did seem quite moody in court, but when I saw him later on that evening in the lamb and flag, he seemed full of the joys, you know, sharing a pint with Mr White, and then when Mr White handed him a big fat brown envelope, he seemed even more joyful. So that's it. Mr White is in the clear and he said to me, it's a weight off my mind, lad, I can tell you. I did ask him if this meant I'd be off emergency permanent furlough. He said, unfortunately not, because I'm going to be on that for some time to come. But mentioning EPF, I'm no longer the only person in the country on it, as Slow Francis has been put on it since Dawn Taverner got a six-inch nail through her left thigh. Mr White, the day after the inquest, decided to book him and Mum honeymoon, and they are currently in Las Vegas. Two weeks they've gone away for, uh, one week in Vegas, then on to Nashville, wherever that is. Uh, Mum and Mr White have tasked me with looking after their house whilst they're away. Uh, which did come as a surprise, as I thought Golden Boy So Francis would be in charge of the place, being as the sun usually shines out of his fucking arse. But apparently last week they caught him playing with a box of matches in his bedroom, and they thought, being as I'm the eldest one, I should keep an eye on him. Fucking hell, they must be hard up if they think I'm the responsible one. So far, things haven't been too bad. When I arrived on Friday morning, I laid down a few ground rules. First one being, if you either talk to me or look at me in a way I find offensive... I'll fucking end you, and at the moment he seems to be sticking to that. I did have to enforce a short time-out period, when he was eating a slice of pizza a bit too loudly, but three hours in the airing cupboard handcuffed to the pipe sorted him out to treat. It was supposed to be two hours, but when I opened the door to let him out, he was only a bit of private time, so I let him finish off. Tell you what, I've no idea what he'd done, but after I let him out, the hot water was fucking fierce, fucking red-hot. It was like it had come from Reactor 4 at Chernobyl or something. Fucking took me skin off, it did. Randall Parker's Film Fact Helmet-haired control freak Mark Wahlberg refuses to eat any food unless someone cuts it into small inch-by-inch cubes and puts it on cocktail sticks for him. Randall Parker's Film Fact Being as slow Francis now resides in the room that used to be mine, I've had to sleep elsewhere. I could have forced him out of the room, but it reeks of his musk now, so it's probably for the best. Mr White did say I could sleep in his and Mum's room, but that's even worse. The old room just stinks of sex, and I don't trust some of them stains on that mattress. So for now, I'm camping on the sofa in the living room, which is OK, because it's a recliner and it's proving to be quite cosy. Well, that is until Slow Francis and the Bellens and Nazareth, or whatever they named themselves, turn up to practice their fucking war hammer bollocks on the floor in there. 
right? The regionals are a few weeks away and they need to practice all of the fucking time for some wanky reason. They were practising in my old house, but Mr White's rented it out to Janice from accounts and her husband, Milky R. Gregor, who works for Dirty Janet. Sorry, Party Janet. Still get that wrong. Uh, some people thought that it was a marriage of convenience and she'd only married him so he could stay in the country. But Janice insists she adores him. Her words, not mine. And they're trying for a baby. Don't hold your breath, Janice. You were 56 last birthday. And the other week, I saw Gregor up to his nuts in one of Janice's girls, so he's not storing it up, is he? You'll be pleased now, old Joe's arsehole is now closed up to pre-accident size and everything seems to be in working order. Well, so he says, I haven't checked or done any experiments or anything, but he's back on his feet and managing to sit down again. I got Big Ken to do an internet search to see if he could find his sister and he came up trumps. I thought it'd be nice to get him back in touch, you know, after 40 years of not talking. Anyway, I gave her a call and explained everything and she said, The dirty old fucker never changes, still getting stuff stuck up his arse, is he? Call me back when the scrout dies. I told Joe I'd been in touch and he asked how she sounded and I said she sounded well. To which he replied, shame that. Emails. So on to emails. I've got a bit of correspondence from that ring piece, the dark corridor, to read out to you. But before we get on with that, here's a few others. First email goes, Dear Randall, I am a massive fan of the now-expired actor Rutger Hauer. I always thought that he was a formidable force, and for me, his performance in the martial arts classic Blind Fury, where he plays a Vietnam veteran who has lost his sight, but not the ability to beat the ever-living shit out of bad bastards, his magnum opus. He was an amazing actor, and I never understood why he didn't get an Oscar. These days, they seem to give them away like sweets to every Tom, Dick and Harry. It's a fucking travesty. I mean, they gave one to Gwyneth Paltrow for fuck's sake, and her minge stinks of candles. I mean, Rutger Hauer was amazing in everything he did. The Guinness adverts and the voiceover work for the Lerpa commercials were both faultless. God, I miss him so much. But my question to you is this. If you were to lose one of your senses, which one would you choose? Best wishes, Ian Beale, East London. Mm, good question, that, Ian. Uh, thanks for getting in touch. Now, I couldn't do without the main two, sight and sound, so I'm keeping them. And I'll keep my sense of humour. Fucking need that sharing a gaff with Francis for the next two weeks, don't I? And I remember me granddad always used to say to me, always have a sense of purpose, Randall, kid. A man needs a sense of purpose. So I'll keep that if you don't mind. And I think I'm going to lose me sense of smelling, yeah. Lose me sense of smell, which will come in handy when I walk into the shitbox after fucking Francis has been in there to warm the seat. Thanks for getting in touch, Ian. Enjoyed that one. Next email goes... Dear Randall, I love podcasts and have recently discovered yours. I enjoy them greatly. I usually listen to podcasts on the way to work and they make the journey much more palatable. I mean, I have to catch the number 34 bus into the centre of Warsaw so you can imagine the state of my fellow passengers. I mean, who would want to talk to any of that shower of shit? There's this one bloke who gets on the bus and he sits right in front of me and he stinks. I mean, fucking reeks. It's like a mixture of yesterday's beer and cheesy arses. Not to mention the journey home. That's just as bad. You can guarantee at least two nights every week there's this big fat idiot who gets on the bus and stands at the front of the bus for the whole journey talking to the driver. Says hello to everyone who gets on. I mean, this bloke must be in his 50s and he's got an Avengers bag, a haircut like Davil out of Slade. Jesus Christ, what a fucking state. Has this fella got no fucking pride? What I would like to know is, where is your happy place? What do you do to escape the drudgery of the rat race? 
Warm regards, Stacey Dooley. Local girl, Stacey. Uh, number 34 bus from Walsall passes through Edgebury. Quite often catch it in the afternoon, a few times a week when I've walked into Walsall. Do enjoy a ride in the bus and a bit of a catch-up with the driver. Uh, you never know, Stacey, we might have met. Well, you probably know my happy place is the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Or is it a multiverse now? That's another conversation, isn't it? Uh, yes, Stacey, it's either the MCU or chocolate bars. No matter what shit's going down, I find consuming a four-pack of something like Twirls or Toffee Crisps powers me on through. Oh, that reminds me, I've still got two topics in the cupboard back from uh, when I was self-isolating. Mr White bought to me. Might nip round and get them later, yeah. Thanks for writing in, Stacey, and I'll keep an eye out for you on the 34. Now, the final email this week goes, Dear Randall, imagine the scenario. You are a fireman in the LA Fire Department and you are called to a fire that has broken out at the most swankiest party that has ever been thrown. You have been tasked with saving the people locked in the back bedroom. We're not quite sure what they've been up to, but it's probably something shady. Maybe smoking drugs or a game of strip poker. We're not quite sure. You'll break into the room with your axe and you soon realise you'll only be able to save one of them. The people in the room are Mark Wahlberg, Vin Diesel, Brie Larson, Ryan Reynolds. You must save one of them. Who do you choose? Kind regards, Norville Rogers. Oh, you bastard Norville. You've done that on purpose, haven't you? Well, for a start, I'd love to witness a smarmy, smart-ass smile burn off Ryan Reynolds' fucking face. Pay good money to see that. And if Brie Larson was toast, the old world would rejoice, wouldn't it? Probably get an award for that, wouldn't I? Uh, so it comes down to Wahlberg or Vin Diesel. I don't know. Um I've got no preference to either one of them, so I've got to go for Wahlberg, as you could do yourself an injury carrying fatty Vin Diesel out in a fireman's lift, couldn't you? I hope that's answered your question, Norville. Strange name, Norville. Surely your mates don't call you that. But you've got a cool nickname, haven't you? Eh? Well, thank you to all of today's emailers. Thanks for taking the time out to get in touch. It's great, that. Now, brace yourself. You've had plenty of notice. Strange sounds from the dark corridor. Right, so on to the latest bit of correspondence from the prize force in the dark corridor. Let's dive straight in. He says, Dear Andal, last week I sent you a challenge and you accepted it with a minor caveat. That if I, Colin Forrester, lose our quiz challenge, I stop from making any more content for my award-winning podcast, The Dark Corridor. I find it charges that even though it's not me on trial, you still want me to face the consequences should hell freeze over and you beat me. All I've ever wanted is for justice to be done and you admit to using my list of greatest films of all time off the website www.thisisthedarkcorridor.com. For the sake of getting a solution to this problem, I accept your challenge and I am confident that I shall exit this whole business victorious. In order to prepare, I suggest that we both take our time to prepare our questions and revise and I shall see you on the field of battle. As a final insult, I insist that this be broadcast on both the Dark Corridor podcast and Randall Parker's film club on the same day and if you lose, this will be the final episode of your podcast. I look forward to our duel. Kind regards, The Dark Corridor. What a prize, Dick. Bring it on your bell end. So, on to today's first review, and it's off a non-specific list of greatest films of all time, directed by a fellow called Paul Schrader, and it's called The Card Counter. Not as boring as it sounds. It's not just some bloke sat there for an hour and a half counting bits of card, 
Although in some of these structural materialism films of the mid-60s, you know, it probably would have been the norm, wouldn't it? The structural materialist filmmaker would usually minimise the content of the film using overpowering imagery in an attempt to get away from the experience of the film so the viewer could proceed in engaging with the film as a film and not be detracted from the narrative. This film stars Poe Dameron from the even shitter Star Wars film and he plays a bloke what used to be a soldier and was in prison but now goes around the country playing cards in casinos and sort of cheats at cards but not actually cheating or something. I don't know. He calls this counting cards. I thought that's why he played cards anyway. Unless you're playing Snap and I'm pretty sure they don't play that in casinos. Shame because I'm fucking ace at Snap. Anyway, he's fucking around at this casino one day and he sees this sort of convention thing and he goes there and a talk's being given by the Green Goblin out of the fat Spider-Man films and he's sat next to this youth who seems to recognise Poe Dameron and he hands him a piece of paper and says, give me a call sometime, not in a bumming sort of way, in a sort of occult something to tell you sort of way. So Poe Dameron also meets this woman who I think fancies him and says, hey, you play cards dead good, why don't I become your manager for a bit? and we can make fuckloads of quids and be dead rich. And he says, nah, love, fuck that, and goes off to his hotel. Randall, what you up to? I'll fuck off out the room, you prick. What you up to? Me podcast. Can I have one of them chock asses? No, you fucking can't. Can I say hello to the boys and girls? No, get the fuck out. Jesus Christ, it's like living with fucking Rain Man. No, worse, it's like living with Rain Man's fucking brother. Randall? What? Rain Man's brother was Tom Cruise. Oh, fuck off! I'm so sorry about that. So unprofessional. I'll pan his fucking head in later, little fucker. Right, so back to the film. Anyway, Poe Dameron is back at his hotel and he tries to get to sleep but can't and then decides to call the lad and they meet in a bar and the lad says, I fucking hate the Green Goblin. He used to be me dad's boss and he made me dad be a twat and I've got to kidnap him, tie him up, wank him off and kill him. Do you want in? And Poe Dameron says, no. Even though he used to be my boss in the army too, I don't want to do that and I don't think you should do that either. Why don't you come on a road trip with me? I'll call the woman from earlier. She can be my manager and we can fuck around playing cards. And that's what they do. Along the way, we find out Poe Dameron used to be this right bastard of a soldier, being a right twat and beating the fuck out of prisoners. And he was put in prison for it and he sort of fucks about playing cards now and keeps out of people's way and that's how he likes it. Now his manager woman, who is called Lalinda by the way, yeah I know, she wants him to go to the best card player of the year games or whatever it's called and he says I don't really want to but I will to make a load of money for the lad who's following me around being a moody prick. So Poe's chatting to the lad and he says it's alright ain't it this, this not killing the green goblin lark and the lad says nah I still want to do him in and Poe Dameron goes oh for fuck's sake. So Poe gives him a load of cash and says to him Fuck off home, make something in your life, otherwise I'm going to track you down and give you a big kick in the bollocks. And the lad says, OK, I will. Only you don't. He tracks down the Green Goblin, who shoots the lad, and that pisses off Poe Dameron, who goes off and beats the fuck out of the Green Goblin and gets put back in prison. And that's sort of where the film ends. Now, although a lot happens in this film, it's filmed in such a way that it makes you think nothing happens. Uh, it's on for the best part of two hours and even though there's torture, high stakes poker games and a couple of casual murders you only seem to remember him playing cards. Ratings wise, 
Well, I put this on a par with something like The Secret Life of Pets 2, as it's not brilliant, but it passes the time nice and quickly. That was the card counter. Watch that if you want to see an X-Wing pilot being all moody and wrap up his hotel furniture in sheets for no reason. I went down the chippy the other day to have a bit of a catch-up and unfortunately it was closed due to an outbreak of Covid-19. Turns out that Edgebury has become something of a hotspot with an increase in cases of 600% in the last two weeks. Now, now from personal experience, I know this as about a week and a half ago I caught it. Now, Pete Arnold, who owns the chippy, has it. Tommy Slippers has it. Tubby Rita from the Asda's got it. Load of folks from White and Bailey have it. And the gang at the AB Cinema are suffering from it too. Now, the strange thing is, I saw most of these people last week and they all seemed fine then. Uh, but according to local radio, they seem to think that there's some careless twat knocking around town spreading his poison to everyone he meets. What did they call it? Uh, a super spreader, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. I hope they catch the twat. Now, last Tuesday night, saw the meeting of Francis's gang of dicks turn up and try and ruin my peace and quiet. But as they came through the front door, I laid down a few ground rules. I told them that Mr White had left me in charge and it's my swamp now and they have to do what I tell them. And the first thing I told them to do was take their fucking shoes off. The second thing I told them was to put their fucking shoes back on. Christ, the stench was fucking unbearable. On the old, they behaved themselves. They stayed in the dining room. I stayed in the living room. I could hear them through the walls playing with their soldiers and wanking about. But if I turned the telly up really loud, I could barely hear them. I did sort of peep in, you know, on my way to the kitchen and heard them discussing strategies and rule changes, you know. First rule of Warhammer Club is do not shower. Second rule of Warhammer Club is don't have a bath, that sort of thing. Anyway, it goes off nine, right? And I goes in there and tells them it's time to pack up and fuck off. But they said they'd only just set up and we're going to be at least another four hours. So I said to them, if they weren't packed up in 15 minutes, I'd drag the fat Tracy Beaker lookalike out by his fucking hair. Then I'd turn the table arse over tit. Randall Parker's Film Face-Off. Right, so on to the part of the podcast which takes two films with similar themes or plots and compares them, and we decide which one you should watch. Now, both of this week's films start with a new person coming into a police department and struggling to fit in and be accepted, and along the way they investigate a case that they're not supposed to be investigating and end up uncovering a massive conspiracy theory which will bring down the very department that they themselves work for. That's right, today's films are LA Confidential and the animated classic Zootopia. I say classic, but they ain't made a Zootopia too, so it can't be that much of a classic, can it? Oh, hang on. We have actually got a Zootopia TV series coming on Disney Plus later this year. Does that count? I don't know. Shows how much you are, now, doesn't it? Now, on the surface, the films are quite different. In LA Confidential, it's set in a 1950s police department, whereas Zootopia is set in a police department in a world where animals sort of coexist, and they've decided to live like humans and not roam around the field shitting wherever they want, whilst endlessly grazing on grass, or each other. So in Zootopia, you get a cuddly rabbit as the main character, but in LA Confidential, you get Russell Crowe off of Gladiators and Mark, who used to be in Neighbours. Now in Zootopia you get a calamitous chase towards the beginning of the film, but in LA Confidential you do get the farmer off of Babe shoot a sexual predator point-blank range in the chest. 
in LA Confidential, you do get Kim Bassinger as a saucy lady who shags anyone who comes into her house, whereas in Zootopia, you get Idris Elba doing the voice of a big fat buffalo police sergeant. But for me, there's just something so magical about a big fuck-off gunfight in the middle of the night that I can't ignore. And that's why, for me, the winner of this week's film face-off is LA Confidential. Randall Parker's Film Face-Off Once again last Thursday, I went along to Donna's house to sample her culinary prowess. And once again, she pulled it out of the bag with a delicious plate of fish fingers, beans and two rounds of bread and butter. It's as if she read my fucking mind. I love fish fingers. Now, last week I mentioned I was thinking of asking Donna if she wanted to accompany me to the cinema. Now, I've not had much practice at asking a lady out, so I thought the best policy would be just to come out and ask her, so that's what I did. I just came out and said, would you like to come to the cinema with me sometime? And she said no. But she did say the reason was she didn't really like films, but if I wanted to take her out on the lash, then she would be delighted to join me. I did have to look what going out on the lash meant, but apparently it means going down to the pub. So next Thursday, Donna and I are off out on a date. Well, I think it's a date. That's what I meant when I asked her out. Surely she'll know it's a date, won't she? She won't just think it's me taking her out so she can get pissed. Oh, fucking hell, I'm worried now. I'm not sure I made it clear enough I fancy her. I just presumed she'd understand that. Oh, fucking hell. I might, I might just cancel, yeah, yeah. I'll text her and tell her it was a joke, yeah. So on to our second film for this week and it's called Lady Terminator and it's one requested by a listener and his name is Ian Graham and he's from Arbroath and it says here he's got his own podcast called Cult Connections where from what I can gather he sort of compares three films that are some way connected to each other. Sounds like he sort of nicked that film face off to me. Uh, It says here he doesn't do it on his own, he has a guest with him each week to help him. Twat hasn't asked me yet. I uh, can't say I've ever listened to it, but give it a go. Can't be as bad as the Dark Corridors one, can it? I'll put a link in the description. Give it a listen if you're short of something to do. But on to the film. It's one from 1989. It's directed by a fellow called H. Jut Jahali. Or is it pronounced H. Jut Jahali? I don't know. I'm no linguist. Uh, anyway, uh, you'll know him as a director of such classics such as Satan's Bed, The White Alligator, Dangerous Seductress and No Rules Rules. <coughs> Fucking classic, that last one. Uh, three blokes steal the trousers off some prick and have to lie about why they've nicked their trousers otherwise their girlfriends will fuck them off. Gone off track there, haven't I? Now the film starts with the Queen of the South Sea who's got a snake living up her fanny what likes to eat men's cocks. Now she goes through a few fellas until one day this bloke is having it off with her and he spots a snake and pulls it out of a doodah and it turns into a knife and he says to her uh, you've been a right twat, you should stop this bollocks and she says you are a fucking twat I was enjoying that I'm going to put a curse on your great-granddaughter and now I'm going to pop off to the seaside, hide under the ocean and the bloke sort of says, all right then, love. Now, cut to loads and loads of years later and there's this woman, Tanya, who wants to write a book about the Queen of the South Sea and how she used to have a snake living up her slice, gobbling up men's cocks and decides to pop off into the sea to see where she drowned. Now, she finds a place and instantly she's tied to a bed and has a snake set up home in her nunu and then she gets possessed by the queen and she goes off on a fucking rampage having it off with blokes and feeding the snake on their cocks. Meanwhile there's this copper bloke Max who's a right moody fucker as his wife's died at some point and he's still upset about it for some reason. 
Uh, now he ends up at a nightclub where this singer's doing a turn and her name's Erica and she just so happens to be the great-granddaughter of the bloke who fucked the Queen off earlier on. Now, after she's finished her song, in comes Tanya, who goes fucking apeshit and starts to kill loads of people. She's fucking unstoppable. Max pulls out a gun, shoots her about 60 times, and she just shrugs it off and says, piss off, you twat. Uh, well, she doesn't actually say that, but you can see it in her eyes. Max and Erica escape, and he takes her to the police station and says, don't worry, pet, uh, you'll be as safe as ours is here. Then Tanya turns up and pretty much kills everyone, and once again, Max and Erica escape and head off to the forest. Erica says to him, why are you such a moody fucker? And he says, me was fucking dead, that's why. And then they have it off. Now, for some reason, Tanya decides to stop off at a hotel, take all her kit off and sit on the bed for a bit. Then this bloke comes into the room and the snake bites his cock off, you know. Back in the forest, Max and Erica have finished doing a fuck and are just about to bugger off when Tanya, who is now in a car, tracks them down to this some sort of airport thing and a load of Max's mates from Nam turn up and they start having a massive shootout. Then one of Max's mates says, I'm off to get the Sherman tank. Then he turns up with the tank and blows the car up. And they're all fucking happy about it. But then out of the burnt out car comes Tanya, who's all burnt, and proceeds to shoot the fuck out of everyone with some lasers that come out of her eyes. I did wonder at this point why she didn't use them earlier on. Do they have to be activated by being in a car fire or something? Anyway, she shoots all of Max's mates dead, and him and Erica leg it off up the tower where burnt Tanya follows him. Then Erica stabs her with a knife that was given to her by her great-grandad, which used to be the snake what lived up the Fanny of the Queen of the South Sea. And that's sort of where it ends. Now, when this film was first suggested to me, I thought to myself, hang on, is this Ian Graham fella taking the piss here? But as the film went on, I could see it's what we call in the podcast world a hidden gem. I can safely say I was fully entertained and would recommend this to anyone. Ratings-wise, I'm going to put this on a par with something like Toy Story 3, as even though it wasn't really that original, it left you fully entertained. That was Lady Terminator. Watch that if you want to see a woman with an 80s perm go on the rampage shooting the fuck out of people at the Trafford Centre. Just a quick mention about the up-and-coming raffle raising funds for the new church roof at St Chad's. Now, Janet's 24-hour party services have teamed up with St Chad's to help raise sufficient funds to help with the repairs, and they're offering an Easter weekend break for two in Amsterdam. Time's running out, as the draw is this coming Sunday. All you've got to do to be in with a chance of winning is buy a ticket. They're £3 each, or a whole book of five for £10. Earlier this week, I bought myself another book of five. Didn't particularly want any more. Bought Sharon the Vicar Admin an arm lock. So, time's running out, and remember, you've got to be in it to win it. Randall recommends. Right, a bit of a cheat, this one. Uh, but it's well worth it. It's Randall's classic this week, it's from 1989, and it's called Lady Terminator. Not quite sure where you can buy it from, probably eBay. I managed to find a copy on a dodgy website Big Ken's hooked me up with. Get it watched. Randall recommends so that's it for this week been a good one ain't it what now i swear down i'm gonna beat the fuck out of you randall i've made you a cuppa oh right and i've got your toffee crisp there uh well i don't know don't know what to say thank you thank you no problem i, I was just thinking about starting to cook the tea so i'll leave you to it francis yes randall you can have one of them choc asses oh thanks randall See you in a bit.
Perhaps it ain't so bad. Where was I? Uh, that's another film club done and dusted. Looking forward to putting the dark corridor out of business soon. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, you can. The email address, as always, is randallparker1971 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'm off to enjoy this brew. To off for a bit. Mm. He's put fucking sugar in this, a dozy bastard. <laughs>